Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 37, Gelato and Rory. Enjoy! I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day of Fun. Hi. Hello. We are in Studio 2. I don't remember if this was Studio 2, I think this is Studio 4. Well, okay, let's stop recording and go back and listen to all of the episodes, because I've not done any kind of tagging system as to what is what. Yeah, we'd have to start at the beginning and literally listen to all of it. Literally. Let's not do that. Let's not. Hi. So you'll notice there was a little bit of a gap between the most recent episodes. Oopsie. And then we were trying to write the intro for this. And uh, realised that I, it was so far back that I thought it was including something it wasn't. But yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't believe we hadn't mentioned something and then we realised it was because it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Ooh, timey-wimey. Wibbly-wobbly. Put it together, what have you got? Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wobbly. That one didn't work. Wibbly-wobbly-boo. That's the lyric. Hi, Jessica, how are you? Are you well? I saw you yesterday. In fact, I spent the last like two hours in your company, so this is a bit weird, I don't know why. I am well. I really enjoyed the gelato we had yesterday. I really enjoyed the gelato we had yesterday as well. I had too much and I was definitely fell victim to her upselling when she said, do you want a small or do you want a medium? But I went, I'll have a medium. And then I had so much gelato. It's only 50p more. Yeah. I did think about it and I thought, no, I do not need three scoops of gelato. Well, I'll learn. At least it's down from last time where I went to a gelato place and I just thought, well, yeah, I'll have a big one because I can have a big one. And then it was huge, and I got the shakes in the middle of Brave. <laughs> and I, it, I think it was meant to be shared. It was like a family sugar crush. It was terrible. The ice cream was lovely, but although yesterday I could have the white white chocolate flavor is good and white chocolate. You don't need to things that uh, taste of white chocolate. Um, we went to Scoop in Soho on Brewer Street. Yes, and that was very pleasant. And then when I left, I shook Jessica's hand, and she was really, really confused by this. It was a strange moment. For both of us, I think it was fine for me. It was, but then you, I, you, I think you you allowed your <laughs> hand to be shaken, but you didn't shake back. So it was because I was I was waiting for the joke to stop. So I inadvert I hate insipid handshakes. I can't bear them. So I but I inadvertently gave you an insipid handshake. But it wasn't. You know how some handshakes you would describe as wet, like fluffy. I describe it as a dry husk because it wasn't. It wasn't sort of flippy. It was basically just, yeah. I just I just held your hand while you shook your it. hand, <laughs> and then you know we were in Piccadilly Circus and. I felt it was a very public thing. But mainly we got to go to Whole Foods and that was huge and I really enjoyed it. Although it smelled like the organic supermarket I used to work in and it was too much. I really like Whole Foods. I mean, I loved it. I nearly went back in and bought food. <laughs> I managed not to. <laughs> uh, well, I then went home and having eaten three enormous scoops of... Mostly because I'd already been that day and bought something earlier. <laughs> this was not revealed at the time. <laughs> I'd only bought snacks earlier. Oh, well, that couldn't possibly count. Because I wanted to, I, I wanted to break a tenner so I could pay, pay, put my contribution to the lottery fund in. Okay. And, so you uh, went to Whole Foods. So I went to Whole Foods because it's closer. Well, than... can you buy anything for less than ten pounds there? Uh, yeah. That's a joke. You can definitely. Yeah. You know, health food doesn't need to be expensive. It depends what you want to buy. Don't buy lacuma powder or things because they come in sachets and they're like seventeen ninety nine. Mm, chia seeds. Yes. I just was most interested by all the weird powders when I worked there. Because I thought, I don't know anything about this. I know what an apple is. But I don't know about all these powders. Or the really large amount of shelf space given to things made out of seaweed. I like kelp, it's nice. Now, Jessica. Yes, Rosie. What we were looking for, that we previously referenced, was that we went to the theatre in March. Yeah, it was a really long time. It was about about a month ago, actually. We haven't recorded for a very long time. Yeah, it was a month ago. 
I have been ill. Um, um, we went to see Dame Angela Lansbury in The Blythe Spirit. By Nell Card. Nell Card. It was marvellous. I really enjoyed myself. She was very good. The whole production was very good. It was excellent. Uh, costumes were nice. Set was... But there was some terrible good. wig work. There was a... a yeah, there one was very bad wig. One not ideal wig. I thought the girl who played Edith was excellent. Yeah, she was, she really was very funny. It was an enjoyable evening all around. And it was her, her West End debut. I know. Showing off, isn't it? Dame Angela Lansbury in Blythe yeah, Spirit really by Noel Card. Noel Card. In the same week that we all went to see Blythe Spirit, I and our parents, but not with Jessica, went to see Jeeves and Worcester uh, in Perfect Nonsense, which... Not with Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. No. That would be watching a DVD at home. Yeah. That's very different. It had Stephen Mangan and Matthew McFadden. McFadden? Uh, it's got a Y in it. Oh. Fun fact. Plays Arthur Clennam in a BBC adaptation of Little Dorrit, which I used to distract myself and try and write an essay about Little Dorrit. Good work. It was a good essay. They, they were playing Jeeves and Worcester, uh, respectively. They've left now, but we got to see them before the cast change. And that was very good. That was really funny. I like Jeeves and Worcester as referenced in the previous episodes. Oh, do so you? I didn't, I didn't realise it. Yeah, I bought ten. Oh, good. I've read one of them, and it was one of the ones they already owned. So... <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> it was a sound investment for my future. Yes. So that was very good, and you can still see that with the new cast. And this week, I, my mum, so we're down to the last two. Jessica went out in the knockouts. Went to see Once, starring Arthur Darville. Singular sensation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once singular sensation. Yeah. Well, I made the very witty joke that the musical is so called because it's how many times you need to see it. It's fine. It's not great. I. He was very good. It's, the cast it's was good. Really it's good. better than good. It was fine. Yeah. It, it happened at the beginning. We thought it we'd was buy an a afternoon. Program. Yeah, we thought we'd buy a program, and uh, we finally managed to track down a program seller, and it was six pounds because it was also a brochure. Because it was like a sort of no. exciting book. You so need I'm... to offer a programme and also a souvenir brochure. Exactly. And, my, my, and I said, we really want that. And I was really glad afterwards that we had not bought it because it was not worth £6. It wasn't really <laughs> worth how much we spent on our seats either. So I went to see that. So I've been to the theatre three times since last we recorded. Been to the cinema twice. But I went to see the Grand Budapest Hotel. That was very good. Um mean a lot of old people um one of my friends went to see that and she said it was possibly her favorite oh well that is just would you wrong. like to comment on it that was nonsense right she and i this is going to be controversial for this podcast she wasn't won over by moonrise kingdom <sighs> liked it but she her ten bounces her yeah i think the problem i had with grand budapest hotel was one i'd massively built it up for myself because i've been uh, not very well recently i just had loads of time to read loads of articles about it i listened to a lot of review programs so i think i had at least four separate reviews of it before i saw it right and loads of friends saw it because i didn't get to see it till about two weeks after it came out and also the circumstances in which i saw it was was i went to a wednesday afternoon performance uh which was me and lots of people over the age of 65 right and i went by myself so i didn't even have a friend with me that's how i went to see the artist yeah which yeah. is fun, but i think i could have done with seeing it with a posse was it the phoenix yes Yes, that's exactly how I went to see the artist. 
And also, everyone else there had a walking stick, and at one point I locked walking sticks with somebody, with an old woman, and I just didn't know what to do, and she didn't even notice, and I went, what? <sighs> and then I had a, a Coca-Cola and a lovely roast fed... No, it wasn't a Coca-Cola, I retract that. It was a Curiosity Cola, a Fentiman's Cola, and a roasted vegetable and hummus sandwich. Nice. And oh. their, apparently their cafe's lovely. Oh, it's delightful. I do got they there. do vegan food, somebody said? Almost certainly. I might give it a little visit. So you can pop over there, have your sandwiches. So I saw that, and then I went to see the Muppets on a Saturday afternoon. Da 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 It's not a Cockney singer. Everything's a Cockney sing-along. I went to see that on a Saturday afternoon. I did have a chum. And the eight-year-olds in the audience were pretty well-behaved. You can read my thoughts on Muppets Most Wanted at length on my new blog, which we will get to later. Save it for the blog. Save it for the blog. But that was quite fun. I whiled away an afternoon. I got to see my lovely friend Lewis, Good. who later referred to me as the Miss Peaky Tears Kermit, and I said it was more the Camilla to his gonzo. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. Jessica. Rosie. It seems here that you have made a trip to the finest out-of-town superstore there is. Yes. Or Aikiki Beach, as the one I know calls it. Aikiki Beach. Yes. Um, did you know Justin Hawkins of The Darkness used to be a jingle writer, and he wrote a jingle for Ikea. It was one about sitting on beanbags or something. I believe in a thing called beanbags. That's exactly how it went. Um, yes, anyway. Yes, I went to Ikea. Tell me all about it. Other um, Swedish furniture <laughs> suburb, Other suburban <laughs> furniture stores are available. But why would you? No. Um, you wouldn't. You just wouldn't. Yes, I had to go through a toll booth to get there. It was very exciting. It was a lovely day out. It started raining. The weather wasn't great, but I was, yeah, mission. Um, And I bought a new desk and a new bookcase. I had IKEA meatballs once in approximately 2007. And they were so good. They live with me till this day. We had them at camp one year, actually. Did we? I probably wasn't there. No, you weren't there. I I didn't go to camp for a run of years. Um, Because you buy them, you can buy them frozen. So we just had... Yeah, the the weird jam and sauce. Yeah. So we we had I mean I didn't because obviously didn't eat meatballs probably vegan you know um, probably horse I think <laughs> probably horse I think is actually more correct very lean very good for you yeah anyway so I uh, went around IKEA so I had also my my crate of um, stuff that I bought in the marketplace because of course for you um, and I got to the I had checked because I considered buying them online and uh, it's thirty pounds delivery fee so oh, I thought I, I might see if I can see how this works so I checked what size the boxes were and they seemed manageable and how heavy they were and it was in kilograms so it meant nothing to me so I thought well in for a penny and for a weight I can't lift let's give it a go but unfortunately the page I was looking at in for 400 pounds LB yeah um unfortunately the page I was looking at was the version without with the open shelves on the side not the cupboard not what you wanted so the box I wanted was bigger because obviously it had a door in it uh, so I got to the little way you know pick up point mm-hmm. looked at the box thought I've made a huge mistake I was determined, I'd made it there, it had taken me some time to get there, I'd gone through the toll booth, I'd got all the way around Ikea, I had all my other bits, I was determined to get the, get the desk, and I wanted the extension that goes on top that builds a little shelving unit above, like a sort of dresser situation. Well, I loaded everything onto the trolley, and I managed to get it, like, we wheeled it through, that's fine, that's fine, said to the girl at the checkout, is there anyone outside who could help me load this into the car? Mostly thinking, I hope it's going to fit in the car. Uh, she said, yeah, that's fine. There are people outside with high-vis vests. You need a roof rack. There were no people outside with high-vis vests, except one person who seemed to be doing something with trolleys. And I thought, I don't know if he's, if that is, this is like outside his remit. And either he didn't hear what I said or I didn't hear what he said, but the, the number of the crux was, no, I'm not going to help you. And it started to rain, and I just thought, right, let's go for this. So I wheeled it over, 
put the back seats down, fitted everything in, lifted it all in myself like um, some sort of amazing independent pioneer woman and uh, set off. And when I got to the I got home, I just unpacked it in the car and carried it up in bits. Great. And then I built it. And it's immense, and my sewing machine's on it, and there's like stuff in cupboards, and there's a big drawer underneath that I keep it, all my patterns in. I made a bookshelf. How is the DVD situation? The DVDs, every DVD I own is on a bookshelf. Is there space for more? Yes. That is good, because I put up all those shelves. And then, I mean, this is sort of an upside, no, it's entirely an upside of being ill, which are a few. But people have been very kind and have sent me books and DVDs to keep me occupied. Thank you very much. I love you all. But I have a really serious book and DVD storage issue, and I've gained, I would say, almost a shelf's worth <laughs> of stuff, which I really love. But also at the same time, I just think, oh, I don't know where to put all this stuff. And so and like, I'm too ill to sort it all out. Back in January, when it, I'd only been off like three weeks, I thought, oh, I'll do this, I'll be fine. And then I put a lounger in my room and thought, oh, I think I might be dead now, and I'm put it back. <laughs> We'll get you some boxes. But books aren't a hoard. No, 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 no. And also, my books are all on shelves in categories. Yes. Have you uh, been anywhere exciting recently, Rosie? Yes, I have. I've been to Glasgow, and I have seen approximately none of it. Um, I, I had booked this holiday some time ago, so we had adventures in taking ill people through airports. They are great. Um, the people at Stansted could not be more excited to help you if you weren't going through security in a wheelchair um which we'd borrowed and then my incredible friend tara had to go on a holiday as my nursemaid and wheel me around and then There's i the fine line between bestie and carer yeah pretty much <laughs> that's our joint memoir um and and then they i have a walking stick and they scan that with a metal detector and then i jokingly said it hasn't got a sword in it just as two armed policemen walk past and it was just uh, it was good fun what was the purpose of your visit oh we were going to go and see franz ferdinand for the second time in a fortnight Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the second laminator is that you're you're uh, hiding the lead there a bit <laughs> we went to see franz ferdinand did you manage it yeah t- twice we went to see them at the Roundhouse. And this was, back in September, this seemed like the best plan in the world, was to go out, see them at the Roundhouse, and then put ten days later, fly to Glasgow and see them at the Barrowlands. It's not something I would have chosen to do that week had it not been yes. organised beforehand. Um, but, I mean, they were obviously fantastic. Uh, they, are, they are your favourite and your best. They are my favourite and my best. And um, also the Roundhouse gig I went to see, they were selling a live recording of it. And... Um, the you could buy the CD either there but it didn't have the encore you could buy it online and then when we were leaving Glasgow they had a discount on it so I bought it on mobile internet sitting in Glasgow airport buying a recording of a gig I'd seen a week before good it's pretty good and it arrived Work. yesterday we're living there. in the future I know and you could you could buy it there so you could pay for it and they give you a little token and you didn't get the encore because they stop there and burn all the DVDs whereas if you not all oh, the I see. So you can pick it up at the gig and leave with a recording of the gig you'd seen. Or so it's literally hot off the presses. Yeah. And it would quite conceivably still be warm. Or there is a way you can do it, which is where they print up the CD case and you get given a code and you download the MP3s off the internet oh, and, and burn, burn your it. own CD. Yeah. Yeah, so I did that. So I did get to see them twice and they were, of course, fantastic. And they are from Glasgow, so we saw them in a homecoming nice, gig. And we nice. think we were sitting with their parents. Do you want to tell us what your song is? My song! 
I didn't do a song last time by accident. At least this wasn't the time when you were just like, Ellie Felton John. <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> uh, this time it's um, Rock and Roll by Eric Hutchinson. It's from the soundtrack to The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. Amazing taste in films. Yeah. Top fives! Top fives! So, uh, we've done quite well so far without me ne- mentioning how much television I watch on Netflix at the moment. It's a lot, people. It's a lot. Mm, since I went to Glasgow three weeks ago, I have watched three and a half seasons of the US office. Je ne regret rien. Rien, je ne regret. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, uh, like anyone who's watched the US office, I am now slightly obsessed with the relationship of Pam and Jim. Slightly obsessed, you've been stalking them. <laughs> That's not true because they're fictional. And they're very difficult. I just know where John Krasinski lives. Um, I don't. And so they're great and I love them. And... They make me very happy, so I suggested that we did the top five fictional couples. We've previously done partnerships. Yes. This is different. So, yes, they are largely from television, because I feel you get more of a chance to develop it um, over television than you do in a film. Yeah, my turn to go first. Um, This is pretty much actually in the reverse order of the one I wrote it in. (laughs) And that was syntactically strange. Um, but, so number one, uh, Ned and Chuck from Pushing Daisies. Charlotte, Chuck, Charles, you have to imagine inverted commas. Around her the family. facts were these. And the pie maker. Just great eyebrow work. Great eyebrow work from, uh, from Lee Pace. Party thranduel. Um, our love for Pushing Daisies is well documented on the podcast. Mm. Um, and that was a great relationship. Like, she'd been dead for over a week when they met, so, I mean, if they can, if they can survive that, can they can survive anything. Except touching. <laughs> Except touching. But that's okay because they have, have bells on slippers. What does that so, mean? Where they know where they are in the apartment. So they don't bump into each other. That's My problem with putting daisies being cancelled is... And this is a tangent, I apologise. They didn't find a way to get out of... Yes. That. And my strength as a writer, which is none, is based solely on my ability to construct happy endings for things which do not have happy endings. Yes. Such as, well, it's okay, because obviously they'll come back from that, and then they'll be okay. And I don't... Because we don't have enough information for Pushing Daisies, I haven't been able to construct one. At the end of Pushing Daisies, though, they do manage to wrap up quite a few plot uh, plot lines, storylines. Except for the fact that... Except that's pretty much the only one that they... Because it's such a big issue. It is the show. They would have to... Delete. change things everything yes unless they retconned the entire audience <laughs> it was a joke I can't do it oh no you did everything else I think they managed to wrap up okay uh, next is Dharma and Greg my love for Dharma and Greg is well documented on this podcast <laughs> they uh, got married on their first date and then it turns out they're n- not classically compatible what did Queen Elsa tell us you can't marry somebody you just met yeah and that was what was through my head all the way through once there's not even a wedding but it was still pertinent but it worked for Dharma and Greg. Yes, so Dharma and Greg meet on their first date. They fly to Reno to eat pie. They get married. They then think, oh, we've made a horrible... We've made a huge mistake. It pans out. By the end of the episode, it's all fine. Um, and darkness. they live in Dharma's apartment with uh, Dharma's dog Stinky and Stinky's dog Nunzio. <laughs> <laughs> he was his bar for a present. <laughs> Maybe I do like Dharma and Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you've given it... a. a a good enough try at watching. I'll lend you my DVD. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, number three, I have Lindsay and Danny from CSI and Y. Um, this could be sacrilegious, but CSI and Y is actually my favourite of all the CSI and Y. CSIs. The best CSI and Y there is. Because it used to be um, CSI, CSI proper. But then CSI Crime Scene Investigation. That and went CSI on for like a hundred years. And, um, and then they started CSI and Y. 
um, and it overtook CSI Miami. Also, if you think CSI Miami is the best CSI, there is something psychological. Nobody wrong thinks with you. CSI Miami is the best CSI. I really, I think it's because apart from the fact that CSI crime scene investigation is difficult to watch because it is literally dark, like it's because they're the night shift. Everything happens in the dark. So after a while, like my eyes hurt and I can't see anything anymore. In New York, you get the New York surroundings and the you know the taxi cabs and taxi cabs and the you know shops in Manhattan and stuff. Um, and they're also the, the the team that I'm the most interested in. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what happens to the others, to be briefly honest. But they're they're the characters that I think are most compelling. And Lindsay and Danny are are a nice couple. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as Lindsay turns up, you kind of know that it's going to end well for them. Took them a while, but they got there eventually. Yeah, good. There's a minor amount of strife once it sort of sells out. It's fine. They get married and they have two children now. Great. I have Tom and Barbara from The Good Life. Our love for The Good Life is well documented in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, CSI and Y was a bit of a... <laughs> bit of a curveball, I know, you weren't expecting that, were you? Yeah, Tom and Barbara Good are um, hilarious, and they are a team, even though it was made the, the show was made in the 70s. Uh, it could have gone a different way, and they're always on each other's side. And uh, finally, I have Marshmallow and Lilypad from How I Met Your Mother. I'll say Lily and Marshall is their real name. I had to check. But that's, that's what they call each other. Yeah, great. And Dorbs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're good. Also, it's funny because he's really tall and she's short. <laughs> yeah. When I suggested this to Jessica, she texted back with a top five for me. Which I it actually is that one. And it is that one, which I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about. And I haven't written my own because I thought, well, I could rewrite my own. But Jessica has so perfectly encapsulated what I would suggest. My, my text was the words, let me guess yours. And I read it by five couples. And I just thought... A, gosh, that's so crushingly predictable. And B, yes, that is correct. So maybe I wouldn't have come up with this, but this is the perfect one. And this is like how the world sees me. So this was, of course, inspired by my love for Pam and Jim. So they're on the list. I really like stories about people who are in love with them, love with each other, but can't say, as long as it. I know it turns out okay. Yeah. So, like, persuasion, great. And then he writes that letter, and she's like, oh, he's just writing a letter and he hates me. And then he leaves it for her, and she reads it, and it's like, loved you all these years, let's get married, lols. Um, And then she runs after him. Yeah, and it's all great. And And the the, the royal present thing, that's maybe just on the TV. It's probably just exciting. And then in Called the Midwife, which I've just watched the first two series of on Netflix, and um, one of them was a nun, and then he was the doctor, but they they were clearly in love, but they couldn't say anything because she was a nun, so she gave up being a nun, but it was okay because I'd seen series three and they're married in that. Okay, um, and then she's always got, I gave up Jesus for you. Yeah, exactly. And because I was like, well, and I was very confused when she appeared and she was dressed in her nun's habit because I'd only seen the series where she's just a, a lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so on this case, I love Pam and Jim and I think I like them slightly more than I like Tim and Dawn in the office because they're slightly cuter and, and the UK office is... Um, not not as sweet as the. But he gets one. her those those uh, coloring pencils. Yeah, he gets the yours, and that's really lovely. The one with Tim, Tim, Tim and Don are really lovely, but Pam and Jim are even lovelier. And I think because it goes on longer, because I mean the yeah. series are just so much longer. Um, but I knew it would turn out okay, and it has just turned out okay, and I am so happy. And I said this to my friends, who it turns out all have great taste in television that I did not know they were watching. So I said, oh, I'm watching The Office and I'm watching Community, and every single person I know is like, yes, this is great. Obviously, yeah, what solid. Um, and so, and my friend said, oh, if you think this is good, it only gets better for Pat and Jim. So I'm so excited <laughs> because it's just going to be loveliness from here on in, I assume. Um, number two is another one we've only just discovered, but it's Leslie and Ben on Parks and Recreation. And um, we've only watched the first three series. Jessica's only, only watched, watched half series. of series three. Series, or, no, I've watched most of it. I didn't oh, see all the, the first, first two episodes. Yeah. 
Um, love it. I was genuinely upset this week when I, when I knew that there wasn't going to be any episodes. I know. I sort of want to buy the next series to watch, but it's £20, and also I now feel loyal to watching it on BBC4. Yeah. Um, and uh, Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt, and they're just really sweet together. And uh, for, for a while, they say for the while, for the last three years or so, I was like, ah, oh, I totally love Liz Lemon. I want to be Liz Lemon. No, you do not want to be Liz Lemon. You want to be Leslie Nope because she's really good at her job. And Liz Lemon is good at her job but in a really weird way, where everything is sort of only solved because it's even got even more wrong. Whereas Leslie is just really great and she actually fixes the problem she rather actually than just things and every, like everyone loves her and everyone is nice to her whereas people are kind of awful to Liz and, Lemon. and Leslie is surrounded by daft people but who seem quite competent yeah because um, Ron is just competently not doing anything to help the government yes. and all the others are doing their job whereas Liz Lemon you just think this is you would have there would have been a rampage by now I just love Leslie and then Ben turns oh, up some sort of tribunal <laughs> yeah exactly um, well actually the end of season 7 pretty much dissolved <laughs> right um, yeah and, but then Ben turns up and he's really lovely and then they they also can't say that they were like each other because they can't oh it's great so Leslie and Ben from Parks and Rec number 3 on Jessica's my list <laughs> um, Kermit and Piggy obviously a love for the ages um, what what I like about them, which I did not necessarily like about the new film, was in that it's just like an active love story, whereas I quite like in other films where it's kind of not really mentioned. It's just that Piggy yeah. just assumes that they're a couple, and Kermit's like Kermit's like, oh, hey, yeah, fine. And, I mean, obviously, and then they're married, and the mum is Carol, and they have a small dead son. He's not dead, um, but they're just great. He I, did not die. I mean, just they're great, and they, she just loves him so much. And then they get married, and the Muppets take Manhattan, and she just gets worried about him. And she's got her lovely cardigan that we've established. I love. <laughs> great number four, Rory and Amy. I mean, I am mainly in this for Rory, and I feel that their series just went all over the place. Yeah, we have mentioned before the best thing about Amy is Rory. Yeah, that's the. Oh, I don't. I don't dislike Amy. Yeah, she's great, but Rory is amazing, and but it's it's good because. I think there are a couple of bits where you just think, where you realise how much she does love him. And like, there was that one where they have the alternate future where she got and left. she drove the van into the wall. Oh, uh, there's yeah. that one. And there's the one where she gets left in an alternate world and she grows old. Um, and there are all these robots patrolling trying to kill, but she, kill her. But she finds one and she reprograms it so it's her, it looks after her. And she draws a face on it and she calls it Rory. And then she doesn't really remember who the real Rory is anymore, but she hasn't. <laughs> and then he waited 2,000 years as a plastic centurion for her. It's just a bit much. The one, the one where she drove, drives a van into the wall. That one where he's got the ponytail. He's got a ponytail. He's he's a doctor. And yeah. They, uh, they live in a, like a cottage somewhere. Yeah. Um. It's a but it's not. It's a dream world. And Toby Jones is uh, boggling around yes, creating that's it. That's right. Yeah. Um. Did she crash a van to Ro- kill them to wake them up? No. Ro- uh, they they can't tell the difference between that what's what's real and what's a dream. But Rory has has died in the in the one that they are in. Oh my god. So she decides that. If, if they if they die in the dream one, they wake up in the real one, and she decides that whatever the answer is, she doesn't want to. If it turns out that that is the real one, she doesn't want to be there if Rory isn't. So either way, she she wins, and she drives the van into the wall. And uh, and then the rubbish, their final episode, which I just think is diabolical. I think it's one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. Because it follows one where they're at home and, and it's sort of all right, and the doctor visits them and it's okay, and then the and next they're kind episode, of getting on with their lives. Yeah, and they, exactly they're getting on this, uh, in their lives, and then the next one they just get stuck in the sixties Manhattan, and I don't understand that plot at all. It doesn't seem to make any sense because it's 
But whatever. But then they leap off a building because she says it's together or not at all. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah, it was a, it was a show. I guess it does mean that the like the characters are, are done with. It, there's no temptation to keep bringing them back. But, but I they, kind of feel like they could have. They deserved better than that. They yeah. could have just said we, we've had a lovely time. But which is kind of where they'd got to in the previous round, episode. Come round for tea sometime. Yeah, but we'll you, I mean, there, there must have been lots of companions who were like, "Thank you, goodbye. <laughs> we we've done. You know, this has been nice, but we keep nearly dying." Um. So Rory and Amy, perfect. Love them. And finally, Sam and Susie from... This Susie. This Sam. Sam Shikusky and Susie Bishop from Moonrise Kingdom. They're them. They're great. Love them. And then at the end, he's on Highway Patrol and he's sneaking in a house and he draws the painting and it's the bay and he's written the word Moonrise Kingdom. Honourable mentions. mentions. Uh, I've written Turk and Carla. I thought you were going to write Turk and JD when you wrote Turk. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, very sweetly, in the, the, the last prop, what I consider to be the last prop yeah. season. Of, Ignore those guys. Yeah. Um, JD and Elliot are finally together properly and uh, and he explains that he really does love her he says I love you more than Turk <laughs> so she knows it'll be good um, yeah Turk and Carla they're like the sort of the, the set couple like um, Lily and Marshall yeah. they're, the, they're the kind of the, the couple of the group mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. just they're always the, like together I have put Sheldon and Amy Ah, oh, Shamey from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, a program I do not necessarily care for, except if it's about Sheldon and Amy, who are, for some reason I just love. I happened last week. I happened to see the episode that she arrives. At, I saw the very end of the episode she turns up in, which is she turns up in the last sort of two minutes. Yeah, and then I saw um, one a few episodes later, and she's quite different at the beginning because she is more like Sheldon. Yeah. But I don't know, I, I, I then couldn't remember if that is broken down gradually as she kind of gets, she was like that because she didn't have friends and stuff like that, or if they just changed her a bit. Mm. But I kind of, I watched her and was like, she's actually very different from the way she is now. I just think but that she, she's she, she was like a version of Sheldon, which is why it was funny. Yeah. Raj and Howard just look and go, oh, what have we done? <laughs> uh, CJ and Danny uh, from the West Wing. I forgot Danny's name, Jessica knew it. She'd never seen the West Wing. I was talking about them too much. But it's great. And uh, my friend Lois suggested them as one of the couples where they can't say it for ages because he's a journalist and she's the press secretary. And yep. somebody says that she likes goldfish, so he buys her a goldfish. But what she what they meant was she likes goldfish crackers and he buys her a goldfish called Gale, who then appears throughout the series. And if it's like the Christmas episode, in her bowl, we'll have like Christmas thing. Yeah, so nice. She appears. Um, I've written Thursday in London from the Thursday Next series. Uh, she's the heroine Landon is her husband he got his leg blown off and then they didn't speak for ages and it was all very awkward and then there was an alternate reality um, and then he didn't like her um, and then it turned out they did like each other and it's fine and now they're married and they have two children and they saved the world and they saved the world a number of times Beatrice and Benedict from Much Do About Nothing who are the best couple ever they just fight all the time like for funsies and he got covered in paint and that's hilarious well I mean (laughs) yes in that production no that's kind of I've written a lot of Game of Thrones I like a lot of couples that don't really exist in Game of Thrones, but I watch it and I think, this would be nicer if these two were just a couple and everybody stopped fighting. Wild mass shipping, is that what you're doing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I put Ali and Larry from Ali McBeal. It didn't last, but that's Robert Downey Jr.'s fault. Nothing to do with the... Uh, when, when they were together, it was very nice, and unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work out. But it, it didn't work out in a nice, for nice reasons, sort of. Because he moved to a different city to live nearer his son. But I think the weekend decide and just keep writing the story past the finish, and eventually Ali will go and find him because Sam will be older, and Ali is leaving Boston with. <gasps> and um, then their children can get married. Well, like Will and Grace. No. Well, okay. no, because they weren't actually a couple. That would be weird then. I'd like to finish on Camilla and Gonzo. Solid. Yeah, great. What? <laughs> 
great documentary <laughs> impression. Thank you. What's your song, Rosie? My song is A Real Hero by College and Electric Youth, which is on the soundtrack to Drive, which I watched while I had my breakfast on Saturday morning, and it was not an appropriate film. Oh, great taste in films and soundtracks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, making me feel bad. But Call back. Nice. Um, yeah, that was a violent film. Do you want to know what my snack of the day is? I already know what your snack of the day is. Oh, they don't. Oh, sorry. Yes! It's gelato. I had dark chocolate, which is like black in the tub, and um, raspberry and sprinkles. I had white chocolate and some kind of nut. I think it was hazelnut. And the strachia one thing that doesn't really look like anything. I think it means vanilla with some chocolate bits in. That I always go for because I think it looks more interesting. It was fine. It was good. I liked it, but I make bad decisions. It was, it was better than good. It was fine. Needle and fed. Needle and fed. So, since last we spoke, I am currently knitting project lists. I re-knitted... You have no UFOs. Unfinished objects. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, no, I do. I have... I knitted the, the Rico baby cardigan in the maroon, but it's the one I've been knitting in the stripes. And I haven't finished that because the strikes were getting just really annoying. Oh, yeah, I should probably yeah. finished that. And I re-knitted the zombie killer slaps that I knitted because it was too... For some reason, I hadn't used the right size needles. You went to rip in a small... Is that the jellyfish hat? Yeah. It's like your head is being hugged. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I am about to knit myself a cardigan. I bought some wool at the Knitting and Stitching show in September. Um, and I bought ten uh, balls of the Serdar Country Style Wool Blend 4-ply shade... 0540, which is a lovely mint colour, and I was planning to knit myself a little vintage style cardigan. So I have settled on a pattern, which is the Yosemite Falls by Hannah Masiajuska, and um, I have to cast on, but this has been an absolute palaver, because first I had to get the needles. Well no, first I had to understand the pattern, of which we are about 30% of me understanding at the moment. And then I had to get the needle, and then I got the needle, and I sat down to do it, and I worked out what the provisional cast on was, but you have to crochet that, and it doesn't tell you in the materials that you need a crochet hook, so I didn't have uh. a crochet hook. So I then had to go and get a crochet hook, but for all of these I had to send our mum to get me a crochet <laughs> hook. Um, so I'm now pretty much ready to start, I think, but there's all sorts of like lace charts, and oh, it's very confusing, but I think I've, wo- I've worked out at least how it's constructed now, it's just the actual doing of it although yeah. you have to measure and put in your own dots so that like, you measure yourself oh, and work so, out the distance. so it fits you bespoke yeah. yes but you sort um of. you do it so you sort of this measurement is measurement a and it gets all the way through to about measurement k of how you so a and b right. plus that together is c and then you uh. so i imagine that will go on for quite some time so i might also find a smaller simpler pattern to do in the meantime for when my mind is yeah trying to do that tea cozy Egg cozy. An egg, lots of egg cozy. Yeah. For all those eggs you eat. So that's good. And while I was looking, I found um, uh, some pattern books that I'd quite like to get, which are these Susan Crawford ones. Um, there are two of vintage patterns, and um, they have uh, loads of lovely vintage-style um, cardigans and all sorts. And So I think that'll be that my next good. pattern book investment. Um, I'm about to start the um, Ribbit Hooded Cardigan by Rachel Airy, which was published as part of the Imagination Collection in 2010. Um, and it's um, a little cardigan for a baby or small child um, that looks like a frog. Um, the cardigan looks like a frog. The child doesn't <laughs> look like a frog. I'm not passing comment on what, what anyone's child might look like. It's for the, um, uh, the, the cake that I was making last week. The, the child has now arrived, so I shall make a little... Cardingen, Cardington of some sort for my friend and I haven't got the wool yet so I don't know what kind of wool it's going to be 
Uh, on this note, you can follow, you can find us on Ravelry. Uh, I'm Rosie at large, and Jessica is Pixie Pepper. Um, and my my uh, notebook is a little out of date, but should I'll try and add some things. Mine's, like, mine's massively out of date. I don't think I've I've put anything I've made on, but I'm going to. This is what, I mean. This is one of the not even great examples, but she has a set of coronation themed things. That is genius. And there's one. There's a really nice jumper for ladies, which has a lion and a unicorn. This is the uh, twin set jumper. Oh yeah, that's pretty. It's striped with roses going across the top. So this is the Trimmed with Roses the twin set jumper. Oh yes, so it's a stitch in time, vintage knitting patterns, 1930 to 59, and then so I think I'm going to try and get those. Cool. Uh, and I'm just about to start knitting a tea cosy as well. Mm-hmm. I should also uh, point out for the Yosemite Falls cardigan, I have to learn how to crochet. <laughs> the first thing is I have to do a crochet. Really easy. And I have to learn how to crochet. Um, I, I think I knit the wrong way around because I crochet. I, I learned to knit before I, cro- before I learned to crochet. So nervous, because Mavis tried to teach me to crochet and it went really, really... It's really, it's quite straightforward, especially what you're doing is very, very easy. I just have to make a chain. Yeah, that's that's like the most basic thing. But because I then, I didn't knit for a while and I did, got into crocheting and knit, like crocheted all those squares, mm-hmm. um, I now knit with a European grip, which is where you hold the yarn that you're using in your left hand. I just leave it on the surface next to me. <laughs> no, 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 not not the ball. Oh, I mean, right. but the the yarn the yarn you're working with. Even your left hand. I hold it in my left hand. What's wrong with you? Because that's what I think. I'm assuming that's what you do. I mean, oh well, this is what you do when you when you crochet, and I'm assuming that that's the reason I do it. But apparently, this is that that's like I'm going into like drum technology, drum terminology here. But that's like the European grip or the European method. It tends to hold the yarn in the, the the working yarn in the left hand. I'm learning. Whereas we traditionally hold it in the right hand. I don't know if this applies to the whole of Europe. I just have I read somewhere once that someone had met a lady on the tube who said in I think she was from Denmark and you she said in Denmark you we, we do this it's so much easier and that she was like showing yeah. her and she said, Oh that's nice and I'm not gonna do that but you know thanks. I knit the way Icelandic grandma's knit. Right. <laughs> Because I was taught by someone who was taught by his and Icelandic, Icelandic grandma. grandma. So, what have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Hey! Um, we've <laughs> mentioned Leslie Note earlier in the podcast. Uh, she works for Parks and, the Parks and Recreation Department. Of Pawnee, Indiana. Pawnee, Indiana. Anyway, um, she um, is well known for paying lots of slightly off-the-wall uh, compliments to her best friend, Anne. You majestic land mermaid. And you humble, intelligent golden retriever. And you beautiful tropical fish. And you vivacious rainbow of joy. Um, so she always says these to her friend Anne. Um, we've we've found a um, a Leslie Note compliments generator. Um, and if you hit refresh, it gives you a new compliment to perk you up when you're feeling down. They are the best of friends. Yes, and I'm sure there are a billion and one tumblers and blogs and. I'm just on adjectives.tumblr.com. Yeah, there you go. So basically, just just type Leslie Note compliments into your Google into your search bar. And uh, you'll find some lovely things. Speaking of things that are so pleasant. Oh, very good. Yes, if you would like to read some um, intermittent film reviews from me, you can do so at ohsopleasant.co.uk. Uh, I currently have two film reviews up of Funny Face and Muppets Most Wanted. Um, so please do read and share with your friends. And share this podcast. On that note... Jess is going to go now. I have to go to work. She doesn't care. Um... We will see you soon. We won't see you, because that would be weird. Thank you for downloading us 8,000 times. Woohoo! Um, 10,000, here we come! We'll have, like, party blows and stuff about or something. We missed our two-year anniversary, just so you know. Oh, no, when was that? In March. Okay, well, we'll uh, speak to you soon. Bye! Bye!
find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, The Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud, or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon!